I'm Jeff Desiato, a professional actor, part-time realtor, and transplant to the Springford area. And I'm on a mission to find the best that Springford has to offer. I'll be interviewing local business owners, civil servants, and other prominent members of the community to find out what makes Springford a great place to live, work, eat, and explore. I invite you to join me on my journey as I discover Springford. Hey everybody, welcome back to Discover Spring Ford. I'm sitting here with Janet Miller-Eveland, the founder of Julia's Grace Foundation, a local nonprofit here in the Spring Ford area that's dedicated to helping bring happiness to children with cancer and their families. Janet, thanks for coming thanks in. Thanks for, for inviting us. Yeah, no problem. So uh, as I always do in episodes, I'd like to go back to the personal journey. Um, obviously, this nonprofit is a very personal journey, um, but why don't you take the viewers back to let them know where you grew up and how you ended up in this area. Sure. Um, I grew up in Philadelphia, as you can tell by my accent. (laughs) And um, when my husband and I got married, we were both working outside of the city in different areas and looking for a really good school district Mm. for our kids to go to. And we had an eight-year-old and a three-year-old at the time. And so Springford was ideal. It was centrally located for us and a great school district. So that's why we came here. That's great. And about when was that? uh, It's about 23 years ago. So I actually feel like I was born here. Yeah, it's kind of of overlapped now. Or like the majority of your time has been here uh, in one spot. So um, you have three children, correct? Two. Yeah, Um, two. Two older boys Mm -hmm. um, who um, are grown and have careers of their own and then yeah. we had a younger daughter julia mm-hmm. so yeah so um how much of an age gap was there 13 years in between oh, really? our youngest <laughs> son and uh, our daughter uh, it was definitely a surprise and a gift yeah. <laughs> you know we were not expecting right you know that um, to happen so what what line of work were you and your husband in so um, my husband and i were both in restaurant work oh okay and have since left so the business and it's hard to have kids and be in restaurants yeah both of us it was a little difficult (laughs) um and so now we work for in different parts of the business okay um one of the things that i've i've interviewed quite a number of people who have been in the restaurant business as well um it's pretty common theme in this area there's plenty of great places mm-hmm. to eat <laughs> um yeah. and uh i do understand just from talking to them that you kind of have to give your entire life yeah, to do. that it's crazy and it's so. long hours and holidays and weekends and so it makes it difficult to have that um you know normal life to mm-hmm. be able to attend kids functions at schools you miss out on a lot yeah you're working so. when everybody else is on recreation exactly because that's why you that's why you're there because on their leisure time they're coming to the restaurant yep. and stuff yeah so we both made a little bit of a switch and i do some project management work for a company that does do um food service oh, okay so still a little bit management still a little bit yeah <laughs> we keep our toes in it a little bit. That's right. So So, um, tell us a little bit about Julia. Sure. So uh, she was a wonderful little girl. Mm -hmm. Um, Probably wiser. I I can't even say that she was a little young girl. She was so wise um, in her. Um, And she was diagnosed with a Wilms tumor, which is a type of childhood kidney cancer, um, right after her fifth birthday. Okay. And so she was treated at CHOP, and from the minute she was diagnosed, she came out of the hospital the first time and said, how do I help the other kids? 
Wow. <laughs> and so uh, after her first set of treatments, she decided to form a Relay for Life team, um, <laughs> and we did that, and then she unfortunately relapsed several times. Um, the cancer spread. Mm-hmm. And so, um, but all through it, she was looking about how I can do something for the other children. That's incredible. You know, her birthday, we had a party, all the gifts, everything had to go to CHOP, and she wanted to make sure that she had toys to bring the other kids. Or, mm-hmm. um, so she really set the tone of everything uh, for what we do from Julia's Grace Foundation. Mm-hmm. And one night I was sitting in bed with her, and we were laying in bed cuddling, and she turned to me and she said, Mom, do you ever get sad and blue? <laughs> and I said, I do. And she said, well, I have a list, and I want you to write it down. <laughs> and... As kids can be, she was very, very um, determined that I was going to write this list down. And she was eight years old, so I got the paper and pencil not to cause any problems. And she said, okay, I want you to listen. Number one, grab a friend and have a lunch date. And Julia went through ten things to do to make you happy, and really simple things. Watch a funny movie, think about puppies, um, hear some nice music. And the yeah. last thing on her list was give someone a hug. A few days later, Julia died. Oh, man. And so that probably, that moment explains Julia better than anything um, because she did always worry about everyone else. <laughs> and she was trying to tell us and show us that we could still be happy. So my husband and I knew we were going to start a nonprofit um, one way or the other. Um, you know, we were going to make sure that we could carry on Julia's legacy. Mm. And this just solidified what we would do. Right. <laughs> and so it's really all about how we can bring happiness to families and to children mm. at what seems like the worst of times. Yeah. Um, but you can still, even when it's really bad, you can still find a time and a way to smile. <laughs> so that's what we do. That's incredible. Um, to think about the fact that a five-year-old child knew what a Relay for Life team was. It was amazing <laughs> yeah, enough. But to, uh, but to then immediately have the resolve to mm-hmm. dedicate her time and uh, her make her mission to bring happiness to others. Yeah, she was always the, yeah. really determined. <laughs> you know, she would have her chemo, and when she was done chemo, she'd find a way to entertain the kids, you know, whether it was putting on a puppet show. You know, I remember setting up, and they turned a bookcase that was there, and she put on a puppet show with the, one of the uh, child life workers at the CHOP. Wow. And so that the other kids were entertained as they were getting their chemo. Yeah. So little things like that that she was always doing and finding a way to just make somebody smile. Right. So I can imagine you spent countless hours and days <laughs> down in the city. Yeah, in the um, city and also King of Prussia. King of Prussia. Yeah, okay, they, have yeah. A, a, they do a lot of outpatient chemotherapy okay. in, the, in the King of Prussia office at CHOP. Right. So. Yeah, so building the relationships um, where there are a lot of... Um, uh, was there a lot of interaction with, um, or, or should I say, um, repeated interaction with a lot of kids that were also going through the same things that she yeah, built up relationships with? Yeah, I mean, she actually or? created some friends while yeah. she was there, and they would meet, you know, at chemo and sit and play or talk. And definitely relationships with the nurses mm. and the doctors. Um, you know, it's amazing how these people can work with children like that. Yeah, and imagine. I don't know if I could do it right. all the time, but they create such a bond and it becomes your second family, mm. you know, and uh, you spend so much time 
I mean, nights and weekends, and you see them over and over again. Um, and the families, because you get to meet families that are going through what you're going through. Mm. And um, But the children never seem to, you know, they don't think of it that way. They're still yeah. kids. They still play. They still have fun. Yeah. You know, us as adults, we sit and we take the worry. Mm. You know. I can't imagine, yeah, like, you would think that after a while they would just become detached from the work that they're doing, mm-hmm. but to still invest no. and build relationships with these children that they know are going through something yeah. so difficult, that's just they, an incredible... They really do love each and every one of them. That's, uh, you know, they're saints on earth. Yeah. I really feel I know, that um, way. My uncle is the, the full-time chaplain at St. Christopher's Hospital mm-hmm. for children, and um, just hearing, you know, the terrible stories and the experiences that he's had to share because of because he's the chaplain for the whole hospital so he deals with emergency you know urgent care like so it's it's as you know you know immediate tragedy it's long-term um you know either hospice or you know dealing with all that kind of stuff and he as far as i can tell has never lost his passion and vigor Mm -hmm. to to minister and to reach every family and to know that there are people that are called to that type of service, whether it's it's in in medicine or, um, uh, bringing happiness, Mm -hmm. you know, that is just an incredible, um, calling and one not to take lightly. And I, I think it's really interesting that a lot of those 10 items were, they required like human interaction, right? <laughs> you know, because we can t- sometimes isolate ourselves when we're having a pity party, or mm-hmm. you know, we don't want to deal with people when we're going through a trial or something difficult. But someone so young understands that human contact, yeah. human interaction, physical, emotional, um, is such a healthy, or, or it's a salve to the pain Absolutely. or a bomb. You know, yeah. I mean, just to <laughs> grab your friends and go out yeah. for lunch, or. You know, and, the, and food's involved, which is yes, always good. Yes, which is not a bad thing <laughs> yeah, right. at all. Um, you know, one is think about your children, mm. um, uh, which is very special to me, yeah. um, that she would add that to the list. And um, we actually have something that we do for that. And yeah. we, um, because CHOP is so special to us, we actually um, supply the palliative care team, or their, what they call their PAC team. Um, it's the team of workers that come in when your child does go into hospice and they have an art therapist and um, Julia became very close to our art therapist and made um, artwork and drew things, stuff with model magic um, all through while she was in that time period and that transition. Um, And then we actually, she told us who they were Christmas gifts for. So we gave them um, to everybody at Christmas after she passed. Um, (laughs) But forgive Uh, think about your children, what we've done is we supply CHOP with all of the supplies they need for pottery to be made, and then um, we pay for fingerprint jewelry so that Mm. if um, a parent is losing a child, they can have a fingerprint and they have a piece of jewelry they can wear all the time. So the fingerprint is... And is it an impression? Or, an impression uh, wow. of the child's finger, and some are combined with parents. They mm. get to design it themselves. So. Oh, wow. That's, so. that's incredible. I know. I mean, not on the same level, but I, one of our uh, cats, when they were put down, um, they did a paw print, mm-hmm. like an impression. And it was, you know, it was sweet. Um, but to have a fingerprint and, like, yeah. that unique, you know, the fact that yep. fingerprints are so unique, that's just such an incredible yep. treasure to, so, to it, keep and to think about those things, uh, you know, as something you wouldn't necessarily think about in the moment, mm-hmm. but then to have it 
to be able to refer back to. That's yeah, really and cool. and you do smile yeah. after a while after in the grief. You can yeah. smile mm. sometimes. Yeah, you yeah. think about the the impact and mm-hmm. the the time that you had. Yeah. Um, rather than dwelling on the time that you don't, yeah. I would imagine, hopefully, no. or over time. Yep. Um, and we have other boxes that we right. do based on Julia's list. So um, we have a think about puppies, <laughs> <laughs> which um, we actually have a stuffed puppy and a book that is about puppies by Sandra Boynton. Here's some nice music. Watch a funny movie. We actually give red box gift certificates and movie candy and popcorn because often... When you're being treated, you can't go to the movies right. because of being in touch with too many people. So that way they can have a movie night at home as right. a family. So we always try to make it a family um, mm. a family event for them. So for just everybody. to clarify, like the, the 10 things that Julia outlined, you use those 10 things to, um, to develop a way to bring happiness yep. to somebody else. So and there's a category for each of those things. Exactly. Yeah, that's really cool. So we have something planned for everything right. on the list. So That's really cool. Yeah. Um, and just to also clarify, um, one thing about your nonprofit that I found particularly interesting is that your emphasis is on bringing happiness mm-hmm. um, and bringing um, you know, that human interaction and bringing comfort to people yeah. in the midst of these things, yeah. um, which is, is slightly different. And I think... Um, really interesting to highlight because sometimes when we think about nonprofits, we think about like the, you know, the boots on the ground, like they're getting in there and they're, you know, they're, they're uh, lobbying for this or that and they're doing things. And then I think sometimes the people get not forgotten, Mm -hmm. but we don't take the time to stop and interact and and to focus on that. And they're all valid and they're all amazing. Absolutely. Um, I mean, there's always a reason for research. Yeah. Definitely sure. always a reason for research and advocacy, which mm-hmm. is one of our pillars, yes. too. Um, uh, we really actually have two pillars, happiness okay. and then our grace program, which helps families mm-hmm. financially in the Philadelphia okay. area um, and southeastern Pennsylvania area. Um, and then advo- advocacy is always an important thing you know, for yeah, us no, to worry um, about. Can you describe a little bit the the Wilm, Wilm tumor? Is that what you said yeah, it was? Yeah, it's Wilm's tumor. Is it um, a common occurrence or is there... There's about 500 of them uh, a year diagnosed okay. uh, in the United States. It is... Um, they've, they actually... Uh, and I'm trying to think of the best way right. to put it. It's, you know, no cancer is good, but right. it has what they call a 95% cure rate, oh, really? which means five-year survival after mm. five years. Oh, okay. Um, unfortunately, when Julia was diagnosed, um, it had already started to move mm-hmm. into other areas of her okay. body. Um, and um, But they do have a lot of luck with yeah. between radiation and chemotherapy, mm-hmm. uh, which is good. Um, it's a solid tumor, so um, a little bit different. Leukemia is the most common mm-hmm. form of cancer, but it's a, this is a solid tumor, okay. cancer. So. so in the advocacy that you do... Um, is there a lot of emphasis on that specific type of cancer, or no, do you just I think do you for, bring in all? all it, types? It's yeah. any type of okay. childhood cancer. The important thing to remember is um, f- our government supplies the NIH with uh, the National Institutes of Health okay. uh, a budget, mm-hmm. and a bu- there's a budget in NIH for cancer research. Mm-hmm. Only four percent of that mo- the money for cancer research goes to childhood cancers. Wow. And not one type, but all types wow. of childhood cancer. It's really not enough. Mm. Um, children are being treated with drugs that 
adults are treated with. Mm. Um, they're growing. Um, yeah. They're little. You know, I'm not a doctor, but right. um, we need to have more drugs that are specified to to child right. a child and childhood cancer. For sure. And so that's a lot of what we try to educate and talk about is the need for um, funding yeah. for the research because I, I am a firm believer that they are going to find the cures. Yeah. <laughs> um, but we just need to make sure people understand that we have to have that type mm-hmm. of research. Yeah, and specialize in the pediatric side, mm-hmm. not just a blanket thing that exactly. like, throw money at it. Like it needs to be something exactly. that is people are equipped with the proper tools that they need. Yeah. Uh, definitely. Exactly. So that is def- that's a part of your foundation as well in yeah, addition just... to the the interaction and the the providing comfort and happiness. Um, and then the grace portion which is actually meeting financial needs. Yeah. That's so really that's cool. always important. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's devastating mm-hmm. what happens to families. We were, my husband and I were very lucky that we kept our jobs while mm-hmm. Julia was sick. Um, she didn't have many hospitalizations wow. um, until the end. Mm-hmm. And um, I was able to work remotely. So oh, I never missed a time that she was in chemo and I was able to work and bring my computer um, and work. But that's not how it is for a lot right, of families. Yeah. Um, and there's other siblings to think about and their child care. Mm. Um, you know, there's so many pieces that go into it and families really have financial burdens. And so how can you be happy with that weight on right. you? So we help to pay bills and non-medical bills. Yeah. We worry about how do we pay for an electric bill mm-hmm. or a phone bill or um, gas to yeah. get back and forth to the hospital when you need sure. to. There are expenses that you don't think about. Yeah, because so. I think, yeah, sometimes people, they, they think about the medical bills, mm-hmm. but they don't think about the fact that everything else is going on the back burner while they deal with the medical bills. Exactly. And those are things that immediately impact them, like their water getting shut off yeah. or their phone being shut off or something like that. Um, you know, that's great. Just, that, again, bringing, I, I love the fact that you guys highlight um, the immediate need, right. you know, whether it's a hug in the moment yep. or, you know, sit down and eat lunch with somebody and, or think about puppies. Like there, there's an immediacy to that exactly. that can, you know, bring comfort and happiness in the moment, yeah. which is really important. And there's an innocence to yeah. it. I mean, the list is really the list of an eight year old girl. Yeah. And, but all of us can look at that and say, yeah, that works for me too. Right. You know, I'm, far from eight years old (laughs) and I can still sit and you know um you know think about my favorite things and and bring a smile to my you know face yeah and it's like the song says you think about your favorite things and then you don't feel so bad yeah Yeah. Yeah, hope I don't have to license the use of that song just by mentioning (laughs) oh well Uh, not a big deal (laughs) but I think um can you tell me a little bit about um how soon after uh everything happened did you come up with the idea and then start to actually move forward with the nonprofit? So um, within a few weeks, really, we, we actually knew um, we were going to do with the nonprofit. We had talked about it prior to Julia passing, and oh, she wow, knew okay. that we were planning a little bit. And uh, when she gave us the list, it sort of just all came to us. We yeah. knew that how we were going to, what we were going to concentrate on. We just didn't know how we were going mm. to do it. Um, and so we've slowly developed things. We have the boxes that yeah. we send, and those boxes, probably about three years ago, we came up with this idea to 
to send boxes. So they're sent to hospitals across the country. Um, families directly will come to wow. us um, through the hospitals and ask for a box. Um, we'll also take special hug requests. So um, <laughs> we just actually had two children get bikes so oh, because wow. they wanted bikes, and that was something that their families couldn't afford for them. Mm. So we took care of that. So um, that developed a... a as we grew as a nonprofit, mm. those boxes actually developed, and we've shipped over thirty-two hundred boxes. Oh now, my goodness! Wow! Um, and you ship across the country, yeah. yeah. So it's locally based, but yes. it is impacting people across the country. Yeah. That's incredible. Certain things we do are just local, yeah. So southeastern Pennsylvania, but those boxes go across the country. That's really cool. Yeah, yeah. those are things that you can package and send, like the yeah. the gift cards and things like that. And, yeah. Um, the stuffed animal, yep. I would imagine. Yeah, yes. as long as it's not one of those giant ones you win at the fair. No, it's yeah, not. you can ship it. You're yeah, good. you're good. So. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's really an incredible story. In that, a lot of nonprofits that come out of tragedy are founded in the person's honor, uh, or or to bring you know to let people know about this person. But for Julia to actually have given you guys the blueprint, yeah, that's an incredible story in and of itself. That she was. Um, she was thinking about other people and how that could reach beyond, um, you know, whether she knew, you know, how much time she had left or that, you right. know, um, the fact that she's like, here you go, here's the entire plan, yeah. you know, written out. And then I you guys just said she had it as an entire plan. Yeah. But well, yeah. really, she really set, set what we could do. Yeah. You know, and it's it, really cool. It's great that, yeah. you know, a piece of her is with all of it. Yeah. You know, that's incredible. Yeah. Um, now you had mentioned before as well, that she was very involved in her school, mm-hmm. at Brook, Brook Elementary School here in Springfield. Yeah, she loved Brook. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, could, do you mind talking a little bit about how the school um, interacted with her as she was going through? Yeah, this time? I, I mean, I can't say enough for the staff and, mm-hmm. and the, her friends at Brook Elementary. Um, it was amazing, and Julia went to school all the time. She did not want to miss any school, so mm-hmm. she would go in, and if she had to lay down for a little bit, she would. Um, but through it, they were always there. Um, a, a fundraiser they held for her, and she donated all the money to CHOP, um, as Julia would. Mm-hmm. And uh, But as she got sicker, when she went into um, hospice care, she was in the hospital, she actually um, missed her Olympic Day. She wasn't mm-hmm. going to be able to attend Olympic Day. And Julia had this wore these great hats all the time she was sick and one was a zebra spandex hat with a big pink feather on it (laughs) Um, and so for olympic day all the kids at brook elementary wore pins that were made out of zebra duct tape with pink tips (laughs) and so that's our pin Um, and that's what we sort of use as that symbol for for julia because it just makes me happy to see zebra in pink Um, and then after julia passed they have actually have a buddy bench behind Brook Elementary that's mm. dedicated to Julia because she was that kid that always worried about somebody else and did they have somebody to play with at recess and she always made sure she reached out to someone. So they dedicated this bench where during recess a child can sit on the bench and um, somebody will know it's a cue that they don't have somebody to play with. Mm. So they're able to uh, see the child sitting there and run over and and bring them into the fold to start playing. So it's very like Julia. It's also a beautiful butterfly that's zebra and pink, so <laughs> can't go wrong. Right. But Brooke was a very special place. That's really, really interesting and, and 
I'm glad to hear that. That rather than people shying away because of a lack of information or knowledge about a situation, they embraced and yeah. and again, kind of what the nonprofit, uh, you know, is is all about. They they provided the bringing happiness mm-hmm. and highlighting the the joy that you can have in the midst of sorrow or in the midst of a, a tribulation. Yeah. Um, that's so cool, and it's such a great the fact that they they were um, willing to honor her legacy yeah. with that bench is really and an amazing thing. Yeah, and they've stayed active with us and mm-hmm. helping to uh, us as a nonprofit. Um, a lot of Julia's teachers have helped and are involved with the organization, and they're friends. Right. We just had an event. Um, we have a yearly event called Julia's Palooza. Um, and it's a celebration daytime. It's a, a child's fun fair or a family fun fair. At night, we have a beef and beer. Um, so it's from morning until night. It's a mm. long day for us. Right. But um, her friends now, actually, for the games for the kids, all of her friends come. And they're the ones <laughs> running the games oh, wow. now and help to give their time. So it's it's a beautiful thing to see how they've stayed involved and, and help us. Yeah, especially, I mean, um, this was, it's been five years now. Yes. Um, so these kids that were her peers are now teenagers, yeah. and they're able to really understand the impact that they can have by giving their time through exactly. high school and onward. That's really, you know, I've known people, my wife is a school teacher, um, but there was a young girl um, at the school that she used to teach in, similar situation, I think she had a brain tumor, um, but it impacted that class so much so that, I think it was in second grade, when that class graduated from high school, and they did like the montage. They had right. they kept her photos, and mm-hmm. they and you, you think about that. That like that's ten years later to remember. And it, that class still, you know, for those that stayed in the school and went all the way to high school, yeah. that she was still as much a part of their class as she was when she was in second yep. grade. You know, that's yeah. an incredible thing, uh, and especially exemplified in Julia. But the sensitivity that we don't necessarily give children credit for mm-hmm. and, and the foresight and the, the thoughtfulness. You know, we, yeah. we look at kids and we say, oh, they're always on their screens or, no. you know, and it's like, like they're watching and they're no, learning. they are. Yeah. And, and their involvement and, you know, the, at the last event, the last Palooza we had, you know, there were kids I haven't seen since Julia passed and they wow. came up and gave me a hug and it was just so good to see them all Yeah, coming that's out. incredible. I know yeah. there's another... Um, Nonprofit in the area that we've highlighted on the show, where they they specifically recruit young kids to mm-hmm. do random acts of kindness. Yep, I know yeah. all about yeah. it. Yeah, know all about kids. it. Yeah. it would have Julia would have been there. Oh believe yeah, I'm me. sure. And yeah. that's what, and one of the things was that a lot of the groups that she tried to get her own kids involved in wouldn't take them because mm-hmm. they were too young. Yep. So she yeah. was like, no, like <laughs> you know, yeah. so get them involved at eight, nine years old, not just fourteen and above exactly. or whatever. Yeah. Um, yeah, so her it, friends come and help us put together boxes when we assemble them. Oh wow! They, you know, they help us organize things. So we're always, always really grateful to have anybody come help. Yeah. So, so. tell me a little bit about outside of the boxes and things that you mm-hmm. do in the Julia Palooza. Are there other events that you guys hold on a regular basis? Yeah, we always do a breakfast with Santa. Okay. So we have one coming up on the fifteenth of December. Okay. Uh, it's at Applebee's in Royersford from eight until ten. So okay. we'll be there bringing a little bit of happiness and. Also raising funds to help us continue that. Um, So it'll be a fun day for everybody. Uh, We do designer bank bingos, which 
are a lot of fun for women. Um, <laughs> you know, so we'll do those. So we try to have it, and we have an event in the summer called Waffalooza. Okay. Uh, one of Julia's things is to have waffles and ice cream. Oh, okay. So we do an event around waffles and ice cream with an organiz- with a company that helps to supply waffles. Oh, wow. We do waffles and ice cream parties at Chop and at some of the hospitals that we support. And so this company, Waffatopia, helps oh, wow. us and supplies all the waffles. So we do that event at their location in Conshohocken. That's really awesome. Yeah. So um, if people were to want to get more information mm-hmm. and they were to go to their website, what are some of the things that they would find on there um, that could be helpful? Well, there's a lot of things. Um, our events will be listed. Mm-hmm. Um, what we do is listed, so you can see what we do and, and have an understanding of that. Um, there's also a blog. Mm-hmm. I kept a blog when Julia was sick, and then I've written after it. But it gives you a sense, if you read it, of what Julia was like. Mm-hmm. Um, there'll be information on advocacy okay. um, so that you'll be able to see that, too. Um, and it, you know, way to donate, obviously, yeah, because that keeps us going. We're for an sure. all-volunteer organization, right. so it's important for us. Yeah, um, and we want you know all of those funds um, and people, time, Whatever they can donate, their yep. time, their talent, their treasure, as they say, yep. the three T's. If you can give financially, if you can donate your time, donate time. if yep. there's a specific talent that you have or connection that you exactly. have, you can provide something like these waffle folks. Yep, um, and that's have, what's yeah. happened. So, you know, there are so many things that you can do to get involved, um, and we will have the links below the video, as we always do, and the information will be on our website as well, and we encourage you to check it out um, as we wrap up. I'm glad you mentioned the fact that it's all volunteer just because people sometimes think they want to know where their money's going, yeah. all that kind of stuff. And it is. I mean, it's 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 Janet and it's whoever else wants to lend a hand on a regular yeah, basis. So, uh, and then she still works, house, and she works full time. Yeah. So. Yeah. yeah, our house so. is a storage place for all the boxes. So because we don't want to rent something. You right. Know, that's, it's, but it's definitely a labor of love. Right. You know. Yeah. And I, and I, I am pleased to see it. And um, to carry on Julia's legacy and and the fact that it so closely mirrors her as a person from what I'm gathering is really, really special. Really special. So So, anything else you can think about that we forgot to uh, mention? look at the site. Yeah, check out the website. Check out the website. You'll find out about Julia and see everything about her and and contact us if you want to get involved. We always look for help and support. Yeah, for sure. And uh, for those of you that are watching this when it's first posted, get out to Breakfast with Santa at the Applebee's and Royers Ford to support Julia's Grace Foundation and to bring happiness to children with cancer and their families. Janet, thank you so much. Thanks so much. I really appreciate it. Great. And um, thank you all for watching. If you want to subscribe to our podcast, you can find it on any podcast app by searching Discover Springford. Please check out the links below the video for Julia's Grace Foundation. And if you'd like to support the foundation, share this video with your friends and family so that they can be made aware of the work that they're doing. And you can also share this video to let people know about Discover Springford. You can support us that way as well. So thanks a lot for watching. Come back next week for another episode of Discover Springford. And until then, get out there on your own journey to discover what makes the Springford area a great place to live, work, eat, and explore.